I was born in what was a British colony in South America called British Guiana. It's been independent for a considerable period of time now, but it was part of the imperial colonial project, which began with the enslavement of my ancestors. And that's been part of my history as a descendant of slaves who went to the so-called New World. Interestingly enough, my surname is Stuart, and it's not a slave owner's house slave name. I actually do have Scottish ancestry, so one of these people who were part of the perpetrating class, their blood is coursing through my veins, their DNA. And this is not an unusual story for a lot of Africans of the diaspora. So I grew up there and then at the age of 17 went to the UK, migrated for higher education and to join my parents. And I guess I've been back to Guyana a couple of times, but I've never lived there as an adult. I spent 13 years in the UK, a couple of years in New Zealand, and the bulk of my adult life since 1978 I've spent in Australia. So in terms of longevity, you'd have to say that uh, Australia is much more my home, although I haven't forgotten where I'm from, but I've got some personal kind of connection with the United Kingdom through living there and the Imperial Project through being born in a British colony, colony where we used to celebrate Empire Day. Rule Britannia, Britannia rules the waves. It didn't even occur to me as a young boy. Yeah, buddy, that's you. And we welcomed Princess Margaret and we thought it was great. You know, we used to refer to Britain as the mother country and all of that. All that stuff was, you know, I, I knew more about British history by the time I finished high school than I ever knew about African history, which has been my passion as an adult to understand my roots. So there's a lot of that stuff. And I'm not here to carry the burden of blaming other people. I think we just got to do what's right. We got to go back to the foundations, to the original sin and start unraveling it, telling the truth, seeking the truth and seeking a new reality for Australia. I think that's really fundamental for our First Nations people. So yeah, there are conflicts. Um, Here we are 50, 60 years later, and we've lost the Queen. Now, there are, mm-hmm. there are many different takes on this. And obviously, yeah. for people of colour from colonised countries, yeah. they might be sad, they might not be sad. But I think what we can say is, despite the politics of everything, there has been a great respect for the person, the Queen. Yes, there has been. I mean, that is fraught too, because it's so hard to separate the person from the institution, and it requires an extra step. And I found it really fascinating how many uh, progressive women have considered this late queen to be such an incredible role model, which she has been. And I think I've noticed over the years the connection of Commonwealth heads of government from Africa and the Caribbean who have a certain respect and affection for her as a person and how she's worked to mould the Commonwealth. Her vision, of course, has been a Commonwealth of equal partners or whatever. But I don't know if it was in her orbit of authority to engage in the weightier questions of recognition, apology, reparations, repairing the damage that is there, complicated by the fact that migrants, for example, to Australia from those countries like myself and all the other migrants, we're beneficiaries of the colonial project at the expense of First Nations people. So we're sort of implicated in it while trying to prosecute 
the whole idea of putting things right on a global scale. There is a movement among the diaspora Africans for reparation. And we're never going to fix the relationships unless we deal with that. And slave owners always counted their chattel very carefully because it, it was money. That was the whole thing. What people had done for money, you know, they might talk about civilizing vision and but, I mean, frankly, it's the green monster that got them. The whole thing was built on the green monster. And the fact that people could engage in this kind of like Faustian bargain with the devil for money and destroy other human beings and the possibility of a common human community because of money, which is ephemeral. They're all dead now anyway. And and they're their successors are dead, and but the whole world's been screwed up by this project. So, whereas I do have uh, a certain respect for the way she conducted herself with dignity, with compassion, with a sense of commitment to public duty and so on, that institution restrained even somebody with those instincts. I don't think that constitutionally she could step out of that and do anything. It's her ministers who have to advise her, and she could quietly tinker around. And and look, I've also had a, a lot of time, actually, for Charles. The Prince's Trust has done an incredible job. And even for Philip, he had some pretty racist views, that guy, but his Duke of Edinburgh Award, I've, I've seen people transformed by that. And this is right across the world and the Commonwealth. So it is a very problematic web disentangle. I must admit, the other thing is the creative in me. I, the British really know how to do pomp and ceremony. And I admit, it hooked me. I mean, the the organization, I mean, I organize a festival and create the creativity behind all that, all that parading and marching and, you know, all the colors and, you know, it's it's captivating. But it, it yeah, if you get too um, ensnared by it, it's very easy to forget what it's built on. Let's face it, that kind of brutality and lies and theft and everything has created this thing of order or whatever. But I think we need to have you know, more than a minute silence for the, the pain and the dispossession and the damage that's been caused to countless people all over the world. But I tell you what, whatever it is and however progressive the British public becomes, I can't see them ever being severed from that idea of their monarchy. It is an ascriptive society. It's built on, people say patriarchy. No, not just patriarchy. It's built on the necessity of hierarchy and different grades of people. And I'm not saying that that's the total definition of what it means to be British, but it was visited on the Welsh and the Irish and the Scottish, and they're still not happy about it. So the fact that I'm not happy about it or people of colour aren't happy about it is is not something for people to point the finger at. It's actually we're not happy about it for a very good reason. And there's the conflict with somebody who nevertheless, within those constraints, tried to do the most decent human thing as a person in the discharge of their duty. I don't know how it, if it's going to change. It is a wicked, wicked web to un- disentangle.